0: I love that last song because it deals with the aspect of truth and the fact that God, we're asking Him to speak to us what is true. The fact of the matter is, He always does. It's not always what we want to hear. That's the problem. And we don't always know uh, in the world in which we live if what we're hearing is actually a reflection of what Jesus would say to us as well. We live in a very confusing world. In today's message, is probably one of the best ones i've ever done now if you know me you know that i say that all the time but uh, i get pumped about these messages because these specifically over the last four weeks that we've been in the spiritual war series they are so applicable to where we're at in the world today this one specifically because it deals with our mind what do we hear how do we filter it and how do we apply it and we live in a world that that is full of ways that they tell us we should think, we should behave, we should rearrange our lives so that we have something brand new to fight for, to propagate, to pull for. And it is a, it is a very confusing world at times. So today's message is called "Dark Deception," and this is the uh, the the emphasis of what we're doing this morning is to answer this question can satan control my thoughts Ah, see i got your attention now all that stuff was no good right this (laughs) this is what you really are interested in all right so i got a little game for you because i know how you like to kind of (laughs) play play games on sunday morning uh on the screen so we've got a little game on the screen for you this morning here it is this is called fill in the blank Alright, here we go. I want to know how well your mind is functioning, how well you've been listening to the, to the, to the things around you. So here we go. Fill in the blank. Here we go. Pay your, fair. oh, fair share. You knew that one. Okay, you won't know this one. Privileged blank male. Privileged white male. There you go. Okay, you've been listening. Good for you. Okay, how about this one? Two weeks to blank the curve. Flatten the curve, yeah. That was two years ago, by the way. Two weeks to flatten the curve. So you guys have been listening. That's awesome. You are products of your generation. Congratulations. You are products of your culture. Now, you probably think to yourself, well, Craig, those those were easy. When I was a kid, we still had this stuff. But there was only a few we really had to remember. Most of them actually had to do with consumerism, like what you're buying at the store. So if you're my age, or even a little bit younger, you probably get some of these. Here's some just for your age group, all right? Here we go. Break me off a piece of that blank bar. Oh, Kit-Kat bar. Okay, you know that? That was 30 years ago, all right? All right. <laughs> How about this one? Where's the... <laughs> All right. How about this one? Clap on, clap. <laughs> okay. Well, well. If uh, if we ever wondered what the uh, what the threshold age level, median age level of our church is, now we know. How about this one? Political things, uh, politics. Love these things and get into our minds. Uh, it doesn't hold a candle to what we do today. But here's some to see if you remember from years ago. There's a hole in the blank layer. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Whatever happened to that hole in the ozone layer? nobody knows nobody cares right <laughs> somebody said we'd all be walking around frozen popsicles by 20 2020 but uh some of you are but i'm not all right now number two how about this one blank down economics oh yeah okay trickle down economics how about this one this was ronald reagan's uh said he, these were the most terrifying words in the english language i'm from the government and i'm here to Help, <laughs> control, no, back in back in Reagan's day. I'm here from the government and I'm here to help. Uh, the most terrifying words in the English language. All right, well, I can't leave you well, without giving you some fun ones. Here's some fun ones from old uh Gag me with a, all right, I pity the. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> say hello to my little. <laughs> How about this one? What you talking about? Listen, these were all 30 to 40 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, what'd you learn in high school? Give me anything, right? But you got these down. We're like sponges for this stuff. Now, let's quote the communion passage together we do every week. Here we go, ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are products of our generation. This culture seeks to create a product in us that they can sell for their benefit. I'll say it one more time, because if you don't know this, you've been living under a rock somewhere. Our culture seeks to create a product out of you that they can sell for their benefit. It happens in every area of life. To get you to buy their product, to get you to buy their mantra, to get you to buy their politics, whatever it is, they're selling and we are buying. Satan does the same thing. You think that in this culture it's easy to turn out this way. Satan does this all the time. He plays mind games with us that we are absolutely oblivious to. Now, let me say this right off the bat. You need to know this. Satan is a created being. If you don't know that, punch in the last couple of weeks, follow along with us, track along with us. Satan is a created being. That means he does not have the attributes of God. He is not omniscient. He is not omnipresent. He is not all-powerful. Those categories only belong to God. Satan is created like you are created. And he does not have those capabilities. He is limited. He cannot read your mind. All right? But we know he can influence our bodies. We know that because in the scriptures, it's very plain to us in one book of the Bible where he does this. You remember where he does this? What's the name of the book? Well, he does this in Genesis, but one, name, one major book is the Job, the book of Job, where Satan comes before God, and he, and he says to God, you know, I want to I wanna disrupt Job's life a little bit. Satan, listen, this is really important. We, we kind of walk over this and don't really realize it. Satan lives in the spiritual realm, but he is able to cross over into the physical realm to influence Job's physical life. That's pretty powerful. uh, uh, satan has the ability to influence our bodies where does your brain exist hopefully in your head my mom would often said my mine existed elsewhere at times but hopefully yours is in your head now if your brain now what we're learning about the brain these days is pretty amazing like neurons firing and it kind of influences the way that we behave and the way that we think So we're learning things about the way the brain functions that that we've never known before. Could it be possible that Satan can also influence the way those neurons snap in our brains? I don't know. But I know this. My brain is a part of my physical body, and it influences the way that I think. And neurons firing correctly means that my body functions correctly. Neurons firing incorrectly creates problems for me. Could Satan influence the way those neurons fire? These neurons create pain receptors, emotional responses, creative ideas, all of these things. Could he influence that? I don't know. But I got to think there's some way that he possibly can because my brain is a part of my body. 2 Corinthians 11.3 says this. Listen to this. I'm afraid, Paul writes to the church at Corinth, I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, read this with me, church, Your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. What's being led astray? Your body? No. Your what? Your thoughts. Satan had the ability to influence Eve's thoughts, and he has the ability to influence ours as well. How that happens, I'm not sure. But I do know this. Even Christians can fall prey to this because it says Even as the serpent deceived Eve, Paul's writing to Christians in Corinth, and he says, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to who, church? That's a Christian. Satan has the ability to influence followers of Jesus Christ in their thoughts. I don't know how that's done. Maybe through neurons. Maybe he crosses that barrier. This is another uh, option. Maybe he can flash a a spirit, something from the spirit realm in front of us, and we don't know that, but our physical body reacts to it. You ever think of that? It's kind of a scary thought, isn't it? Maybe he can cross a barrier between the spiritual and the physical in some way that we are not aware of. We know that he lives in the spirit world, but he constantly influences the physical world. He did that with Eve, King of Tyre, we talked about this, demons that Jesus cast out. These were demons that exist in, in the spiritual realm that are influencing these people in the physical realm. Paul's thorn in the side could have been a demon. Could Satan flash some picture in the spiritual realm and, and cause our physical bodies to function in ways that we don't want them to? I don't know. But I do know this, he's way smarter than anyone in this room. And he's lived longer than any one of us. And he's seen you a thousand times. People just like you. With your foibles and faults and, and your, uh, your tendencies. And he knows how to trigger them. And he gets into our minds. He does not have the ability to change our thoughts. He has the ability to influence our thoughts. The devil and his demons do this in the spirit realm, do influence our physical minds and our bodies as well. Ephesians 2, 1 to 2 says this. Listen to this. And you were dead in the trespasses of your sins in which you once walked. Church, now listen to this. You followed the course of this world. Following who? The prince of the power of the air. That is Satan, the spirit at work right now in the sons of disobedience. There is a spirit sent by Satan working in our physical bodies to to get us to do actions that are disobedient to God. We have this inability to to see these blatant deceptions right in front of our very eyes. And the spirit, this prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience is also at work in our lives. His goal, let me just remind you, we've talked about this in the past, his goal, his mission is to rebel against the authority of God. That is his sole mission. And his goal is to get you to join him in his mission. He wants to get you to participate in his rebellion against the authority of God. And he'll do it by influencing from the spirit realm, he will influence your physical body, including your brain. I also find it interesting that we were following the Prince of the Power of the Air. Do you get the idea? Like, what does following mean? Think about following. Like, I like to think that I'm a leader and people are following me. That's not always true. Like, you don't know you're leading really well until you look behind you, right? And then (laughs) if nobody's there, you may not be doing a good job. But we're all following who? The prince of the power of the air. We all were born that way. It's what we are used to. Here's the bottom line. While few people will ever try to verbally communicate with a demon, there's rarely a day that goes by that the demonic realm does not attempt to influence you with a message that originates from them. Put that up there just a little bit longer, Josh. Um, This is powerful because it explains the, the incredible insanity of our world. If you look at the world and you're thinking to yourself, no sane person would ever think like that, aha, aha. Because these messages that are coming through that people buy into do not originate from the human realm. They originate from elsewhere and brought into the human realm by the demonic realm. So I wanna to talk to you this morning about how does Satan get into our messages, Into how does he get his messages into our heads today? How do people end up following the message of demons? I mean, nobody wakes up in the morning going to themselves, I'd like to follow the message of a demon this morning. Nobody ever does that. Well, maybe maybe a few. You might know a few people. I don't know anybody like that, but there might be a few. But not many people would do that. But many people follow the message of demons because it comes through. So how does Satan and his demons get their messages into our skulls, into our heads today? Today I only have three verses to share with you, three main verses out of Colossians, but they are powerful on how they deal with this one question of how the demonic messages get through to us today. Colossians 2, if you're using your Bibles, Colossians 2, uh, 8 to 9, this is the passage uh, The passage that we're going to read to this morning. Uh, 8 to 10, 8 to 10. See to it, verse 8, Colossians 2, 8, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. According to human tradition, listen to this, according to the elemental elemental spirits of the world and not according to christ first of all the word captive this word captive is commonly used in the ancient greek literature as the in the idea of somebody plundering a ship while somebody's tied up this is captive this is like when when bandits walk on on board your ship they tie you up and they steal all that you have this is the word captive There are ideas, in other words, that exist to to plunder and enslave us, to plunder and enslave our lives. These ideas enter into our realm of existence, and we may or may not know where they originate from, but they exist to hold us captive while they steal our stuff. Philosophy, I like philosophy. This is interesting that Paul uses this word. I think Paul did too, by the way, in some of the words that he wrote. You should know, time period wise, this is about 300 years after Plato and Aristotle that Paul is writing here. So Paul lives in a Greek culture. They love the ideas of philosophy. How many angels can dance on the head of a pin? Who cares, but they talked about it all day. Philosophy is is one of the things that Greeks sunk their teeth into. There are some philosophies, Paul says, that are out there that feel right, but eventually will give you a message, sell you a message that will sink your life. These philosophies walk on the board of your ship, tie you up, make you buy, uh, steal your stuff while you think nothing's happening. Empty deceit is the second thing that he says here. Think of empty deceit like the word we would use today, mantra empty deceit is what we would say is a typical mantra today it's a words that are said that have no substance or words that are said that might sound right but inevitably when you dig deep there's nothing there a mantra is this a repeatable sacred feel-good statement that keeps my mind captive i think i got that written down because i want you to see it if you want to take a picture of it it's really good we don't have that one? All right. We do have that one? We don't. Mantra. Do you have it? There it is. Yay. All right. It's a repeatable, sacred, feel good statement that keeps my mind captive. It's repeatable. That means it's memorable and it's portable. It's sacred. It means it's culturally authoritative. It's like biblical to the culture. You cannot speak against it. And it is feel good. It makes you feel good no matter what you do with your life. If you say the right mantra at the right times, it gives you a good feel-good feeling down deep inside. Think mantra when you hear empty deceit. Mantra makes you feel good, look good, but it denies the truth. And people buy into mantras today. They sell their souls, but they buy the mantra. This is why you can have somebody wear tax-rich the dress to a Met Gala, while they're sitting at the table of the rich. All right, they're sitting with kings, but they say the right mantra. And this is why the world looks at it and goes, yeah, she's a good person. No, that is a huge lack of integrity. If you don't see that, and I'm not allowed to say that because these mantras are sacred. They're all around us. Today, your mantra is your identity. It's a one-liner that keeps you out of trouble. It's why people put their mantras on the front lawn or on the front of their business. They don't want any trouble, so they put the right mantra in front of their houses, in front of their business. This is the world in which we live. If you have the right mantra, your lifestyle does not matter because you are, this is empty deceit. This is a mantra. This is why movie stars, parrot, wear a mask, mantra, but they go to uh, themselves at a gathering at the Emmys where in a small room where there's hundreds of them. This is why a politician can shut down hair salons while they say flatten the curve over COVID and deny the same hair salon owner the ability to open up for everybody else. This is why a transgender person can criticize others for not following the science while they deny the science of their gender. This is why a male politician can sexually abuse an intern but still parrot the Me Too movement. This makes no sense to people who are looking at it who don't buy into mantras. But for the world in which we live, this is where they're at. The Bible also says, according to the elementary teachings of the world. This is just straight up empty deceit. Teachings that come from where, church? Where do these teachings come from? Teachings according to the elementary spirits of the what? World. According to human what? Human tradition. This is where these things originate from. This is what makes them empty. They're full of promise, but they hold no meat. Why do cultural mandates, mantras, make us feel so uncomfortable? Now you know. And here's the big reason why we know now, because of how this verse ends. I told you we're just going to be in a couple different verses. Look at this one. These are human traditions. They are according to the elementary spirits of the world, and they are not according to who, church? Straight up. They do not originate from truth. Jesus came and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say that it always says it twice. Like, in case you're wondering, truly, truly, let me be clear. Whatever whatever phrase you want to use, Jesus is going, I am telling you the truth here. Because according to Christ, that's where we find our truth. Cultural mantras are not just the phrases, but the beliefs that we can live our lives according to principles that do not originate from God. Say that one more time. Cultural mantras are not just phrases. They promote a belief that we can live our lives according to principles that do not originate from God. So my question is this. Who has influenced you and your family with their mantras? They're all around us. Every one of us takes our cues from somebody. Every one of us goes on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook or something like that. And we look at that and slowly, slowly those things filter into our brains and influence our own lives. Over time, the more we digest that stuff. Listen, do you need me to pick up some more phrases from, the, from 30 years ago to, to sell you on this idea? You feed yourself this enough times, and it sinks so far in you can't get rid of it. I'm going to be on my dying bed going, Coke is the real thing. Coke is the real thing. Coke is the real thing. We, we, we don't just listen to these. They become a part of our lives, even when we don't know. Why? Because this is the intent. I'm not saying coke is the intent of the evil one, but all these cultural mantras that are sold to us every day are the hopes that some of them will sink in and change our lives by changing our thoughts. Culture is filled with demonic ideas that feel good in the moment but are designed to enslave and plunder you in the end. Listen, church, who created us? God, so who tells us how to live? God, if I create a lawnmower that runs on gas and I give it to you for a present, it's the best lawnmower in the world. It'll take down any lawn in 20 minutes flat. You're gonna go, oh, that's awesome, Craig, thank you. I can't wait to try this out. What do I put in it? Gas, for God's sake, put gas in it. Okay, okay, I can't afford gas. I'm gonna use water. No, don't use water. It's not made to run on water. It's made to run on gas. You put water in it, you know what's gonna happen? It's gonna fall apart. You're going to ruin it. You were created by God to function in a way that God intends. He's the author of life. If we live our lives according to the elementary teachings of this world, through the spirits that influence this world, and according to human tradition, we are not living our lives according to God. Empty philosophy lives for one reason, to take God out of the picture. This world wants to knife God in the back and leave you with a dead body. The nuns are real important these days. Do you ever heard of the nuns? Not N-U-N-E-S. N-O-N-E-S. People who have no religion at all. People who don't follow any religion at all. Because we live in a world ultimately that gives them enough mantras that they can believe life is great without the author. C.S. Lewis said it this way, God made us, invented us, as a man invents an engine. A car is meant to run on petrol, and it would not run properly on anything else. Now, God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel of our spirits. Our spirits were designed to burn, or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. That is why it's just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering about religion. God cannot give us a happiness and a peace apart from himself because it's not there. Human philosophy that does not begin with God is empty, and listen, church, it originates from a different place. It originates from a different place. According to Colossians 2:8, it originates from the Prince of the power of the air. Do you want to know where most of our philosophies for life comes from? It comes over the airwaves. Is that interesting? Satan runs those things. He's the prince of the power of the air. And you know that it's wrong when it puts God on the defense. Philosophy for loving, disciplining children, raising a family, sexual relationships, personal interactions with others. Any of these kind of relationships, any, any of these kind of cues that don't come from God come from somewhere else. And if they put God on the defense, they are not from God. And if they ridicule Christ, they are not from God. And if they mock Jesus, they are not from God. See, it's, it's really that easy. If they don't need God, then they come from somewhere else. Our goal is not to listen to smart people to figure out how to live our lives. Our goal is to go to the author of life to see if we're doing this right. That's our goal in life. Well, Craig, if it's that easy, why don't we just do that all the time? Aha. (laughs) You you were born on the wrong side. We were born on the wrong side. We were born as As children of disobedience, part of that crew, not a part of God's crew. We've talked about this. We're born onto a battlefield. Most of us don't know it, but all of us are on there. We follow either one leader or the other leader. Prince of the power of the air who wants to convince us he's right and get us on his side in his mission to question the authority and disobey and rebel against the authority of God or submit to God. Who will never submit to God? Satan. He'll never do it. I can prove that to you, by the way, if you'd like to know, but that's a whole different other message. His goal is to get you to believe that he is not God, but he is like God. Most people reject God because they don't like him, what he stands for, and what he he prohibits. This is why they reject him and his authority. And most destructive ideologies come from bad ideas that reject God's authority. Human tradition... The philosophies and the mantras that these folks birth that comes from somewhere else other than Jesus Christ and according to the elementary spirits of the world. This one just scares the living daylights out of me. Listen, according to the elementary spirits of the world. In short, that's the demonic realm. Not according to Christ. They quite frankly empty the power of the cross and give it to the evil one. The lie is this. You can find your identity apart from Jesus. And this is where our conversation with the world needs to begin because they are confused. They don't even know they're on a battlefield. They don't even know they're propagating the lies, the mantras, the empty deceit, and the philosophies that originate from the demonic realm. They don't know that. And so they believe that their identity is found in something else but... Listen, Jesus Christ, the whole Bible is about this. Our identity is found in the fact that he created us and he has a purpose for our lives. Let's pull back for a minute. You're probably thinking to yourself, if you're new with us this morning, or maybe if you're not new with us this morning, you're probably thinking to yourself, Craig, why are we dealing with cultural issues again? This is such a quicksand way to go. If somebody finds us out online, don't you realize you're probably going to jail? Yeah, probably. Eventually, eventually but it's a pastor's job to identify philosophies, worldview, and theologies that, that exist to threaten and plunder the church. And if you're going to a church that doesn't deal with cultural issues, you're inundated with it seven days a week, for goodness sakes, you should hear truth an hour at church. It's a pastor's job to identify, this is where I struggle, this is, this is where I sweat and move, and. This is why I turn on the radio and listen to junk on there that just makes me go, why are you thinking this way? (laughs) Because I have to understand the world in which I live because it's my job as a pastor to identify philosophies, worldviews, and theologies that threaten to plunder our church. There's a pastoral tradition that goes all the way back to the first century, the writing of the New Testament. From the very beginning of the church, false teachings were constantly combated against. These false teachings that were growing and, and creeping into the church and our church fathers constantly wrote against them, preached against them, stood against them. Remember, the spirit realm wants to break into your house. We talked about this. You have got to put your back against the door. It's not a passive, like, I'll eat and hope they don't get in. You've got, you got to put your back against the door because Satan is like a roaring kitty cat seeking whom he might get somebody to pet him, right? Yeah. Satan's like a roaring what, church? Lion seeking someone he may what? He doesn't want to play with you. He wants to steal your existence, your joy, your love, your peace, your, all the fruit of the Spirit. He'd love for that all to be gone. And he will make you think that you're doing the most righteous things while you're giving up your life. Church was established to be the stronghold of truth, First Timothy 3.15. If I delay, Paul writes to Timothy, a young pastor at Ephesus. Paul writes to him and says, listen, I need you to be the kind of pastor you need to be to these folks at Ephesus because all this junk is trying to get into the church. And he writes, if I delay, I want you to know how somebody ought to behave in the household of God. Church, will you read this with me? The church of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. This church, this gathering, this place where we come and that exists throughout time and around the world, this is meant to be the place that is the pillar of truth and the buttress that holds against the lies. And it is a Christian's job to hear and identify empty philosophy and evil deceit on a regular basis. We've got to somehow stop thinking we're out of touch. Because we do, right? We turn on the TV, we turn on the radio, and we think to ourselves maybe they need to progress. <laughs> Maybe I need to evolve a little bit in this thing. Somehow we think we're out of touch when we hear worldly and demonic philosophies that make our stomachs turn. They make your stomachs turn not so that you can learn to adjust to them. They make your stomachs turn maybe because the Holy Spirit is going, that's not true. That's not true. Don't believe it. That's a lie. But we hear it and everybody around us believes it and we think to ourselves, I must be the oddball. You probably are. Because wide is the gate that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to salvation, and few choose it. Words of Jesus himself. Your ability, by the way, to to point out what is true and what's false is an answer to Jesus' own prayer for you. Did you know that? When I pray, I request things from God on behalf of others. When Jesus prayed, he did the same thing. And his prayer was for you in John 14. When he talks with his disciples, he also includes us. John 14, 15, 16, 17, this is Jesus' prayer for the church. Here's what he says. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. That's the Holy Spirit. He says in verse 17, even the spirit of what church? Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. It's not that like they have a choice. They're born on the wrong side. They can't receive truth. Even when they hear it, they go, that sounds weird. But to the rest of us who are believers and followers of Jesus, we go, well, what you're saying sounds weird. You see, there's no connection. And then Jesus says, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. This helper, this spirit, gives us the ability to understand what is empty deceit and philosophies of the world that come from originate from the demonic realm now we get to the second verse that i want to tell you about this morning verse 9 for in him that's jesus the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily and you have been filled with him who is the head of all rule and all authority Ah, such a great verse You don't have to follow the teachings of the demonic realm being propagated to you today because jesus died to bring you truth when you change sides you become a purveyor of that truth do you know what purveyor means purveyor means you sell it you speak it you follow it and you tell others about it jesus is ahead of all things we believe about the truth that's why paul said jesus christ god has to change the way we think through his spirit our job is to take background from the elementary teachings of this world that originate from the demonic realm romans 12 2 do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your what church mind, mind. that by testing you may discern and prove what is the will of god what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of god this is our metamorphosis our truth changes our thinking changes our identity changes our morals change our desires change our priorities change our love changes god changes everything why because we believed all the wrong stuff god's spirit comes in and teaches us the new stuff the right stuff the true stuff and we have the ability to receive it and understand it god is helping us now he preserves and reveals truth to us why would any person ever give up, ever turn their back, ever search for philosophies and truth that does not begin with Jesus Christ's authority? And this is the good news, church. This is the good. This is where I want to leave you. I want to leave you with some good news. You can fight back against the evil realm with the truth of Jesus Christ. You can do this. You're probably thinking to yourself, "Well, I'm no Arnold Schwarzenegger or The Rock. I'm not The Rock. I don't have those kind of kind of spiritual muscles." Yes, you do. Yes, you do, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You have no idea the power of God that is surging through your mind right now. Jesus wants to change your thoughts, to conform them to the image of Jesus Christ so that you start spewing stuff. You don't know where it comes from, but the Holy Spirit is teaching you, teaching you, leading you, and you're following, not the prince of the power of the air, but you're following a spiritual power that comes from God. 2 Corinthians 10.4. Oh, I think it's 10.4 because it's so good. 10.4, 10, 10.4. 10, this is so good. Church, would you read this one with me? Because if you're going to memorize anything, don't memorize, break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. This, this is a good one to memorize. Here we go. Ready? Read it with me. 1 Corinthians 10.4-5. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of god and we take every thought captive to obey christ taken back ground Satan wants to take you captive by his empty deceit and his human philosophies that originate from the demonic realm, but you have the ability to be a submission to God under his authority and to become captive to obey Christ. Your choice. We destroy spiritual strongholds in our minds. Don't, don't, isn't this amazing? Like, we don't go out and fight the demons. You know, demons are going to show up in your bedroom. We don't fight them. We don't, we don't fight demons like that. You know where you fight the devil? right here. You fight him by destroying his lofty opinions and his big ideas that seek to take away God's authority. This is where the battle happens. You fall into temptation, guess where it started? Didn't start with anything below here, okay? It started here. Arguments and opinions all originate in the mind. And when you come to Christ, you realize who you really are. His divine power, his supernatural spiritual power allows you to destroy the empty philosophies of this world. We destroy arguments that lift men up to the place of deity. We destroy opinions that remove God from the rightful place of authority that he has. We take every thought, what church? Every thought captive. That sounds good. Every thought that sounds good but ends up elevating the demonic levels of teaching to the level of God. Listen, we used to fall for this. You don't have to anymore. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you don't have to follow this, follow for this stuff. It may sound good. It may make you feel good. All your neighbors may be putting up signs in their yard. <laughs> Put up the signs so they don't get your business tore down. I don't know. Everyone's got an agenda. Everyone's following somebody's opinion and somebody's philosophy. But if you belong to Christ, your mind is being renewed into the image of Christ. And you have the power to destroy strongholds. Feel like you're up against a couple of strongholds in our world today? I do. Like everybody is spouting this stuff. Like spirit of truth gives us the power to destroy strongholds so my question church is this can the demonic realm influence our thoughts yep you bet they can they do all the time I tell you once again while few people will ever try to verbally communicate with a demon there's rarely a day that will go by the demonic realm does not attempt to influence you with a message that originates from them it's all the time all places here's the point don't let the father of lies take your mind captive He's called the father of lies for a reason. He doesn't tell the truth. He'll couch it. He'll make it sanitized. He'll even make you feel good while your boat's getting ripped off. But his goal is to make you captive to a philosophy that does not originate from God and ultimately elevates humans or one human above another. So church, my first, so what is this? Evaluate everything. Short and sweet, because I want you to remember it, all right? So let's put a blank after uh, evaluate, all right? So pretend. Evaluate. Oh, good, all right. Evaluate everything. John 17, this is part of Jesus' prayer as well. Jesus prays for us. I do not ask that you take them out of the world. He's talking about us, believers, Christians that would follow Uh, after the disciples, I don't ask that you would take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one and his empty philosophies. They are not of this world just as I am not of this world, so sanctify them in the what church? Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Take every thought captive to the philosophies of Jesus Christ, to the truth of Jesus Christ. The prince of the power of the air will package everything to sell you in the most acceptable, loving, caring ways he can, but his goal is to rip your life off. Everything, have you find everything these these days is tagged with, if you loved somebody else, you would blank. If you don't want to kill somebody, you would blank. (laughs) You must hate people. You're not blank. Everything is couched those days. You see, it sounds good, but it denies the authority of God. Number two, reject anything that removes God's authority from the equation. Anything. Reject worldviews that oppress and divide in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I didn't come so that... um, uh, so, so that you would have two loves. He said, I came so that you would love me and keep my commandments. And when Paul came along, he said, there's neither Jew nor free, uh, Jew, Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. The goal of Jesus Christ is to unite a eclectic body of believers throughout time and around the world. In the book of Psalms, it says how wonderful it is, how blessed it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. God's goal is to rally us together in unity. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. The world's goal is to put you in a bucket that pits you against another bucket. This bucket of people against this bucket of people. When you walk into a room, you better recognize that bucket's over there, and that bucket's over there, and that person's in that bucket, and that person's in that bucket. That is from the devil. Absolutely. I know it's so culturally wrong to say that, isn't it? Prove to me Jesus where he said that anywhere. You see, look through every truth you hear in this world, every valuable mantra in this world, through the prism of what Jesus taught. It either gives him the authority or it takes it away. I do not want identity politics to run my life. CRT. The whole thing of critical race theory is to get you to believe there's a group of people over here and a group of people over here. These are all, I mean, they all sound right, They all have a a cinch of love to them. But in the end, it's somebody that's boarding your boat, tying you up, and stealing your identity in Jesus. Reject ideologies and cultural mandates, mandates, mantras that contradict the Bible. When you walk into a room, you should see somebody as an image of God, period. I don't care how many tattoos, rings, or what side of the spectrum of this or that. they are I don't care what bucket they live in. They are an image of God. And you treat them with dignity because they're an image of God. Radical, I know. Reject ideologies and cultural mantras that contradict the Bible. Do a little research. If you're buying into a cultural mantra, do a little bit of research. Not (laughs) Not just from one bucket of people that will give you research do a little bit of research do research that starts with the prism of God's word when cultural maxims require people to be separated and divided against one another this is inherently demonic in God's economy this does not exist reject or theologies that promote sin shift the gospel and minimize the authority of God in the Bible even churches should be evaluated this way there are some churches that are teaching stuff that just are not biblical. And you should, you, should, you should evaluate your church by saying, is this in God's authoritative word or not? Is this expressing an evolution of humankind into something else other than the image of Jesus Christ? If it does, you've got to get out of that church. Christianity that shifts through time to sinful demands of culture is not Christianity of all. One of the values of Village Church East is we do not let culture put the church on trial. The church puts the culture on trial. It's a culture that needs to stand up to truth, not us that needs to bend to lies. Any church that takes their cue from culture is not following the prayer of Jesus Christ. Jesus goes on in John 17 as he prays for us, and he says, remember this, they are not of this world just as I am not of this world. We all stand out like sore thumbs. Sanctify them, them in the truth. Your word is truth. Don't go to the world for your cues on what is right and wrong. Go to God's word. This is answering the prayer of Jesus Christ. Jesus doesn't send us into the world to adapt to the mantras of the world. He doesn't light you on fire as a light lit candle so he can stick a bucket over you and hope nobody sees you. Candles are meant to light in the darkness. And if you feel like you're lighting the darkness and people are going, you're a little too bright for me. Yay, good for you. You're you're answering the the prayer of Jesus. If you feel like you stick out, bravo. Bravo salt and light in a dark and tasteless world we are the truth of god in a dark and lied lied to world and it doesn't come from people who just wake up one day they are following these demonic influences through their minds empty deceit and philosophies that originate from human uh, from the demonic realm number three have unbelievable compassion for those who do not have the discernment that comes from the spirit We live in a world that, I know, it's a tenuous spot. Those who, listen, those who originate and propagate these ideas, they know what they're doing. But those who buy into it, most of the time they don't. BLM is a great illustration of this. I know I'm I'm treading on everything, CRT, BLM, and you know everything I'm talking about because you're such a product of your culture as I am as well. BLM, is uh, one of the things they say is say their names. Have you heard this? Say their names, you've heard this? you heard this? When they, when they march the, for the black folks that have been killed uh, through, through a lack of justice or whatever, and they'll say say their names, say their names. That is a voodoo practice. Did you know that? It's a voodoo practice. Say their names. You say their names as you're dwelling and meditating on them so that you can get their energy. And if you quiz... The BLM leaders, they know it. But the people who are following have no idea. 2 Corinthians 4 says this. Even if our gospel is veiled as it's veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God, (laughs) see it here again? The God of this world has what, church? Is it up there? The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers, to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Who has blinded the minds of unbelievers? The God of this world. Who's the God of this world? Or who thinks he's the God of this world? Satan. You don't think Satan attacks people in their minds? You would be sadly mistaken according to God's word. This is difficult for Christians many times because we look at people and we say to ourselves, how can they believe such such malarkey, such baloney. How can they follow this? How can they follow it? How can they propagate it? How can they pr- become purveyors of this stuff? Even believers will do. I've had sat down with pastors who have told me I'm off my rocker because I'm not joining this movement or that movement. I'm not off my rocker. I just don't buy everything hook, line, and sinker. I want to look through everything through the prism of Jesus Christ. And if it causes me to stick one person in this bucket against one person in that bucket, it is from the devil, it is not from God. Plain and simple. When did Jesus ever do that? Name once. In fact, I'll tell you, did Jesus believe the minds of people have been blinded by Satan by the lies of the prince of the power of this air? Absolutely, I can prove it to you through only one event at the end of his life, He was laying on a cross that looked something like that and people were putting nails into his wrists and into his feet. And what did Jesus pray? What did Jesus pray? Father, forgive them. They they don't have a clue. They don't have a clue. They think they're doing the right thing. They did it with vigor. They condemned other people for not joining in. The guy that whipped the living life out of Jesus thought he was doing the right thing. The high priest and his council that condemned Jesus to death thought he was doing the right thing. The Pharisees that called crucify him when they took him to trial thought they were doing the right thing, and they were dead wrong. They were killing the loving lamb, the only savior of this world. But they thought they were doing the right thing. Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing in church. We need to do this as well. We need to be absolutely having unbelievable compassion for those that don't know the truth and don't follow the truth. It's up to followers of Jesus then to know and follow the truth. It's up to us to speak truth, but it's also us to have compassion on those who don't yet know the truth and still belie by the empty philosophies and vain deceit of this world that originate the spirit realm, the demonic side. Tall order, right? Beth would remind me at this point you got to leave everybody on a good note. Make them feel good about themselves. <laughs> Let me attempt to do that. Church, greater is he that is in you than he that is, you have the power to break down strongholds. Through the Spirit of God, you do this by loving those who are broken. We get through people by loving them. I had a guy come in, and he did a message for me at at a church on Islam, the difference between Islam and Christianity. He was converted. um, uh, What do you call those guys? Uh, Teacher of Islam. um, Uh, Imam. He was a converted imam. And he came in, and he had given his life to Jesus Christ, and uh, one of the questions I asked him, I said, how do we break through? These people want to kill us. They, you know, not all of them, but a lot of them. And they don't understand us. They don't really want to live with us. He's, he was propagating in, in the Middle East this idea that Christians need to be eradicated from the earth. I said, how, do we break, how did somebody break through to you? He said, Craig, it's simple. You got to love. I said, it's got to be more than that. It's got to be. Come on, give me something. Give me a little key, something I can put in a lock and make happen. No, he said, Craig, you got to love him. What gets through to the Islamic folks, to, the, to, to any of these folks that follow these, these other religions that don't teach about Jesus Christ, what gets through to them is the way that we love one another. Jesus himself said, they'll know you're my disciples if you have love one for the other. That's why Paul wrote in Corinthians, I don't care all the gifts you got. I don't care if you got knowledge that can destroy strongholds. (laughs) I don't care if you got faith that can move mountains. If you don't have love, you don't got jack. So how do we break through? We love them. And that's the hardest part because it's so foreign to us, the way that the world thinks. Have unbelievable compassion. And church, our light, your little light, through your little circle of influence, can change generations. This is how revivals begin. Father, I'm grateful for our time this morning that we got to talk through this conversation that um, affects every day of our lives. Uh, We can't turn on the TV without being affected by a mantra or or a saying or a phrase that somebody's telling us we need to buy into or we're not Christians. I don't know. We live in a world that constantly battles against you and ultimately tells us that we are part of the problem. So, Father, help us to stand strong against the lies of the evil one. Let us put our backs against the doors he's looking to break down and let us, like Christ, let us answer his prayer that the church would be one. That the gates of hell cannot hold back. Teach us, Father, how to be bold about our faith in a world that condemns us for it more and more. And in doing so, may we light up the darkness and create more followers of Jesus, more followers of you. Use us in only the way that you can, and help us to be more than conquerors because you love us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.